show is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. When life gets hard, talking to someone can help. Whether it's venting, processing, or getting tools to deal with stress, visit betterhelp.com super and lighten the load. Hey, brother! Guys, this past weekend was the San Diego Comic-Con, and oh my goodness, was there so much new MCU information. Like, so much. All of Phase 5 and even the end of Phase 6. And it was so nice to be able to be so excited about so many of the announcements. Because with a few notable exceptions from Phase 4, it has been a little bit lackluster, but also to be fair, it had a lot to contend with. After all, it was coming on the heels of Endgame and Spider-Man Far From Home, and then there was also an unintentional break sort of inserted in there as well from COVID. On top of that, there was also just the additional experiment, which was adding a whole bunch of new MCU storylines into the Disney Plus like episodic format. And, and just introducing so many new characters without just continuously doing the classic superhero origin story story. All the while transitioning us from the Infinity Saga into a multiverse, which is confusing on the best days. We also now have Greek and Egyptian gods, you know, to go in there with everything we already had from the Norse corner. Also, Namor is just around the corner and he's gonna throw Aztec gods into the mix as well. We are where we are. And where we are is pretty much at the end of phase four because with She-Hulk and Wakanda forever, we're at our final two installments in the series. Which I've just gotta say, I cannot even believe that we are already here. It feels like a blink of an eye since Endgame was over and now we're about done with phase four. Anyway, we obviously have a ton to unpack today. So let's just go ahead and dive right on in to the future of the MCU. Okay, before we properly dive into phase five, I feel like we need to finish wrapping up phase four, which again will end later this year with Wakanda Forever and She-Hulk Attorney at Law. The latest trailer for She-Hulk dropped just this past week and revealed a bunch of new information. First of all, we might finally get an explanation for this scene in Shang-Chi where Wong is escorting Abomination out of the Golden Daggers. At the time, we didn't really know where Wong was taking him, but we can now at least confirm that it is to this cell wherever that might be. This does kind of beg the question as to whether or not Wong broke him out of there just to go and do the fight in the first place. Like, is this a common thing that's happening? It's kind of hard to say, but Wong does show up again at the end of Shang-Chi to recruit Sean and Katie, at the very least so that they can examine the rings and discover that they're actually sending out a signal, which they have to call in Carol Danvers and Bruce Banner to help understand. As such, it totally wouldn't surprise me to see Sean show up somewhere in She-Hulk because it seems to be featuring a lot of kind of mildly powered superheroes, all of whom are likely in need of a lawyer. And that might sound super random, but we've actually already started to see the beginnings of this very idea in Shang-Chi. Because again, if we go back to the Golden Daggers, this is the exact clientele. It's lightly powered individuals doing fights. Why not? Where all of these people are coming from may have just been answered in Miss Marvel, which just revealed the existence of mutants in the MCU. So maybe and probably we're going to see a lot more of them start showing up places, which would actually be very exciting because despite all of the many announcements, one of the ones we did not get is the future of X-Men. But obviously if you're gonna start having mutants, 
X-Men are coming. Again, going back to She-Hulk though, one of the other kind of big things that happened in the trailer is that she actually turns her head directly to the camera, breaking the fourth wall. This is pretty notable because it's the signature move of Deadpool, which is now owned by Disney. It's really hard to say whether or not that's going to be a hint at his pending entrance to the MCU, or if it's just a style choice that they're going with with the show. Either way, it's kind of a big deal. Speculation aside though, one of the other big heroes that we absolutely know will be making an appearance in She-Hulk is none other than fellow lawyer, Daredevil. This one definitely felt like it was on its way after Matt Murdock showed up as Peter's lawyer in No Way Home. And also we just know that there's a lot more Daredevil on the way, but more on that in just a minute. Now let's move on to Wakanda Forever. This is going to be the finale, if you will, to phase four, which in my opinion raises the stakes a bit. And for good reason too, because it looks like Wakanda Forever is going to be kind of a war between two different worlds, specifically Wakanda and Atlantis. This comes with the introduction of the character Namor, or the Submariner, who is going to be kind of the villain of the story, which I do put in air quotes there because while it seems like these two factions will absolutely be at odds during the movie, I have a feeling it's going to have a very Civil War air about it, where a third party might actually be pulling some of the strings and maybe causing these two to fight. If that is the case, then we would have two of the world's most powerful fictional nations going at each other, which then forces the question, who would benefit from two such nations being at war with one another? And I feel like my answer is a third fictional powerful nation, specifically and possibly Latveria. Wait, where? I'm so glad you asked. If you are unaware, Latveria is the home of one Victor Von Doom who serves as their monarch. And while nobody's ever actually said it out loud, it's entirely possible that it's been kind of just lurking in the shadows of phase four the whole time. For example, in the third episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Zemo says, I heard what became of Sokovia, cannibalized by its neighbors before the land was even cleared of rubble, erased from the map. Sokovia is of course also a fictional nation, meaning we don't actually know who Sokovia's neighbors are and Zemo definitely doesn't tell us who they are. On top of that, just look how similar Sokovia actually looks to Latveria when we see it for the first time in Avengers Age of Ultron. Pretty good, right? But not as similar as this Eastern European Alpine town that pops up randomly in Moon Knight. I mean, you can't tell me that these two places don't look exactly the same. You've got a small village, a big castle protecting an ancient artifact. I'm telling you, that's Latveria. On top of that, the first Avengers movie is what originally capped off phase one and is when we learned about Thanos for the first time. So it would ultimately not surprise me at all to discover who the new big bad is at the end of phase four. And to be absolutely fair, we do already know who one of those big bads is going to be. Kang, who we met in Loki. Yes, yes, what, what's the worst that can happen? But one of the other big announcements that we got at Comic-Con is the fact that phase six will actually end with two different Avengers level movies. The first is Kang's Dynasty. And then after that, we have Avengers Secret Wars. And not for nothing, but guess who is the big bad in Secret Wars in the comics? Doom, as in Victor Vaughn. Doom that dude. Plus on top of the rest of that, Fantastic Four was announced as the start of phase six. So we know he's coming no matter what. All of that being said though, one of the huge questions that does still remain is 
who is slated to play this super iconic villain. It hasn't been announced yet, but there are some theories that he's already been cast. Again, if we go back to that scene from Moon Knight, who does Steven promptly run into in the village after waking up in front of that castle that looks exactly like Latveria? The ever iconic Arthur Harrow. Okay, to be fair, Harrow is not exactly the most iconic villain of all time. However, he is played by Ethan Hawke, who has pretty significant star power. This character, however, is a bit of a wild card, to be fair. I mean, for one, it's not entirely clear whether or not he dies at the post credit scene of Moon Knight at the hands of Jake Lockley. Jake Lockley being Mark Spector's third personality. But on top of that, Moon Knight is also not super clear as to which of the various narratives is actually the real one. So maybe after failing to become Amit's avatar, Hero takes a different tack. The other long shot possible to play Von Doom is actually Howard Stern. This one's kind of an odd story, but there's not no substance to it. Basically during a commercial break on his radio show, he left his microphone hot while on a call discussing the possibility of playing Victor Von Doom. It's hard to hear, but there are recordings of this exact thing on the internet, so you can tune in and kind of decide for yourself. It's Tommy Kevin Feige, yeah. I told you I'm gonna do Doctor Doom. It's actually the accidental nature of this leak that gives me some belief that it could have some substance, but at the same time, it totally wouldn't surprise me if it was just Howard Stern trolling. My question for you guys though is, who would you cast to play Victor Von Doom? My vote for like the past five years has been Jason Isaacs. But let me know what you think in the towel section down below. And guys, we now need to take a brief pause to give a huge thank you to today's sponsor, Bespoke Post. You guys know that I am a huge fan of Bespoke Post. I have been a subscriber since long before they've ever sponsored the channel. And I have to tell you that it is still not too late to upgrade your summer adventures with their boxes of awesomes. One of the coolest things about working with Bespoke Post is that they partner with small businesses to put together really cool boxes that feature amazing gear. Like last year, I picked up their chill box where I got this really amazing soft cooler, which I have probably used every single weekend this summer. I'm also a big fan of the hatchet that came in their split box, which I probably use every time I'm not using the cooler. And those are just a few of the really cool offerings that they have available for the summer months. Like if you're a fan of the Moscow Mule, like me, you could definitely check out their copper box. Or if you're just in need of some like everyday good quality kitchen tools, the chop box is also amazing. But the best part is, is that even if none of these stand out to you as a box that you could be interested in, they have so many more to choose from. They release so many new boxes across a variety of different categories. It is free to sign up and you can skip or cancel at any time. So be sure to get 20% off your first box when you head on over to boxofawesome.com and use promo code super at checkout. Again, that's going to be boxofawesome.com promo code super for 20% off your first box. Boxofawesome.com promo code super link is in the description down below. This finally brings us to phase five of the MCU, which is going to kick off on February 17th of 2023 with Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. 
We know for a fact that big bad number one, Kang from Loki, is going to be making his villainous debut in this one. This will be followed by a Nick Fury-centered Disney Plus series called Secret Invasion, where we might finally get some idea as to what he's been up to. As a reminder, the last time that we actually saw Nick Fury is aboard the S.W.O.R.D. base, which was deep in space in the post credit scene from Far From Home. S.W.O.R.D. is, of course, kind of the second coming of S.H.I.E.L.D., if you will, and has most recently been seen in WandaVision, where Tyler Hayward was tasked with basically reanimating Vision which they semi-successfully did by way of the White Vision, who we haven't seen since the end of WandaVision, so maybe he'll show up here. As could S.W.O.R.D.'s other super-powered creation, Monica Rambeau, who we last saw again at the end of WandaVision, being recruited by a scroll on behalf of Nick Fury. That said, as of right now, neither of them are listed on IMDb as part of the cast, so who knows? But if Monica doesn't show up in Secret Invasion, we can almost certainly expect to see her in The Marvels, which is set to come out in July of next year and feature Captain and Miss Marvel. Before that, though, Secret Invasion will be followed by the third and final installment of Guardians. This will be after their brief and kind of uneventful cameo in Thor Love and Thunder. And while I imagine the plot will be driven forth by their quest to return Gamora to the Guardians of the Galaxy, it sounds like there's going to be a a lot of screen time dedicated to getting a backstory to Rocket Raccoon. What's a raccoon? What's a raccoon? It's what you are, stupid. Frankly, feels long overdue. Up next though, we will have Echo, which will feature Maya Lopez, who we last saw alongside Clint Barton in Hawkeye. However, in the comics, we've seen Maya show up pretty much everywhere. At times, she's worked alongside Moon Knight, Daredevil, assumed the identity of Ronin, and she's even been the recipient of the Phoenix Force before. Just about all of these are extremely topical at the moment, so I wouldn't rule anything out. However, the last time we saw her was with a vendetta against Kingpin, but more on him in just a few minutes. Following Echo will be the second season of Loki, which I have to admit I am ridiculously excited for. Loki was probably one of my favorite things to come out of phase four. Of course, its timing almost doesn't matter, like, even at all. It's not entirely clear when Loki takes place in the first place, so there's that. Time passes differently here in the TVA. What does that mean? There are currently very few details as to what could be happening in Loki season two. However, I think that there is a really strong possibility that we'll see a lot more of Kang and maybe finally get an explanation as to the difference between timelines and realities. Also, this is just a me personally thing, but I'm pretty sure that Mobius is gonna end up being a Loki variant. I'm calling it now. Full video by clicking the card. After Loki, we will have Blade, which in case you are unaware is half vampire, so yes. There will be vampires in the MCU now, huzzah! This one feels like a long time coming after its initial announcement all the way back at Comic-Con of 2019, but we've last caught wind of Blade in Eternals where his voice, supplied by Mahershala Ali, speaks to Kit Harrington's character, Dane Whitman, before he picks up the Ebony Blade. Sure you're ready for that, Mr. Whitman? As such, I would totally expect the Black Knight to play a big role in Blade, especially when you consider we got no other announcements for anything about that character. On that note though, we are still inside of the multiverse. So without a doubt, I would fully expect a cameo from Wesley Snipes who first popularized the character of Blade sort of in a similar capacity to what we've seen in Spider-Man. Which speaking of Spider-Man multiverse style, I can't believe that's a thing. Sony did also just recently make their own Marvel vampire movie called 
Morbius. It was not super well received. However, that didn't stop Sony from interjecting Tom Hardy into the Spider-Verse. All I'm really trying to say here is possible Morbius appearance in Blade. And you know what, while we're at it, throw Edward Cullen in there as well. You never know. Moving on though, the next installment we'll get is in November of 2023. However, we will first meet this character later this year in Wakanda Forever. Ironheart. Ironheart is a character by the name of Riri Williams, who is a student at MIT with a Tony Stark level of intellect. As a project, she sets out to create her own Iron Man suit and kind of just successfully does it. But considering the fact that we'll see her play a role in Wakanda Forever, I have a very strong feeling that there is a vibranium Iron Man suit en route to the MCU right now. After Ironheart, we have a series that I actually have kind of mixed feelings about. It is Agatha, Coven of Witches, Coven of Chaos. Agatha, Coven of Chaos, as I was saying. And I have mixed feelings here because I absolutely love Katherine Hahn and thought that she had a pretty magnificent performance during WandaVision. However, there was a kind of disappointing reality to the fact that it wasn't Agatha all along. She just kind of shows up to investigate like what Wanda's doing, but in reality, it was Wanda all along. That said, the last time that we saw Agatha, she was attempting to steal Wanda's powers. And the last time that we saw Wanda, she was having a castle dropped on her. So far out plot prediction is something along the lines of Agatha somehow brings Wanda back. Feels like the type of villainous plot we could root for. Although I'll tell you what, I don't think that she or really anyone stands much of a chance against Wanda what it's worth. Either way, moving on though, this somehow brings us to the spring of 2024, where alongside May Flowers, we will also get Daredevil, more accurately, I should say, Daredevil Born Again, which as far as I'm concerned is Marvel being like, yeah, we hear you, you liked Netflix's Daredevil. Just gotta give us a couple of years so that we can like reconfigure it entirely and give you a canon version of it. We will have the same Matt Murdock and the same Charlie Cox. And I have a feeling everything about Daredevil will be canon until we have this new MCU-ified version of it. The really crazy thing about this show is that it is going to be an unprecedented 18 episodes, which is ridiculous because we have had two seasons of The Mandalorian and not 18 episodes of that. But either way, if you have 18 episodes, my prediction is that there are going to be a lot of cameos, not the least of which would be just explanations for the rest of the Defenders, including Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist, not to mention Punisher. Also, also don't forget, we're still in a multiverse here. So Ben Affleck confirmed. And by confirmed, I mean that he could also just be Batman in the MCU. May as well also just throw Robert Pattinson while you're at it. He can play everybody. But other than those extremely possible cameos, I think it is very likely we will see She-Hulk, possibly Spider-Man since we didn't get any other Spider-Man news at all. And Matt Murdock is Peter's lawyer. So there's that. Plus he's obviously going to be fighting Kingpin who Kate Bishop and Echo are also both up against. So again, Lots of room for people to show up. Also in May, we're getting Captain America, New World Order. This will be the first theatrical installment of Captain America since Anthony Mackie's Sam Wilson took over the mantle. We don't know a lot about this movie yet other than New World Order sounds very ominous. Cap is also usually fighting Hydra in some capacity who is almost always trying to, you know, take over the world. And also spoilers, but this character, Val's alter ego in the comics is actually known as Madam Hydra and she's been recruiting new members like crazy. So it feels like this is obviously where it's going to culminate 
unless it doesn't, because literally the very next installment of Phase 5 is Thunderbolts, which is bound to be an almost Suicide Squad band of anti-heroes that have all been brought together by Madam Hydra. So if Sam is going to be up against them in New World Order, then I have a feeling that Thunderbolts will be some kind of a reformed version of that group in its wake. No matter what though, Phase 5 absolutely has this really strong air of like anti-herodom about it which absolutely makes me think that there must be a big bad who is so big and so bad that it's going to take all of these sort of on the fence heroes and force them to choose a side. And with that, we wrap up phase five and we've already kind of touched on everything we already know about phase six. It will kick off with the new Fantastic Four and end with two Avengers level event movies, which real briefly, my guess is going to be that Kang Dynasty is going to be all about all of the multiverses sort of coming to a culmination point where the defeat of Kang will bring all of the various timelines back to a single timeline. It will be this that will then lead to Secret Wars, where the basic plot is that after all the timelines are returned to one, all the various heroes from all the various multiverses are forced onto one single planet called Battleworld. Great name. Cannot wait for the Battleworld movie. But just guess who's in charge of Battleworld. Victor Von Guys, for my question of the day, there are so many projects to choose from, but which one are you the most excited for? Who do you think will be the biggest and baddest to come in phases five and six? Let me know in the towel section down below. But guys, as always, thank you so much for watching. Be sure to like this video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. If you would like to check out that theory about how Mobius could in fact be a Loki variant, I promise you, it is pretty convincing. You can check that out right over here. Otherwise, until next time, bye.